You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hey, Con. Yo, what's up? So, on a scale of one to ten, how is new puppy parenting going for you? Um, I feel like it's going about the way that new puppy parenting goes. It's been uh, quite a little adventure. It's there's a time in a puppy's life, and this is interesting because we have this eight and a half year old majestic golden doodle, right? Majestic. And um, now I say golden doodle. There's a lot of golden doodles out there this day, these days. Little soft ass bitches. (laughs) Dutch is from the fucking streets. Okay, Dutch is a golden retriever and a poodle mixed. You don't get that anymore. You get golden doodles and golden doodles doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Which the is why OG, he's all shaggy. And- the OG golden doodle looks a lot more like a golden retriever. And he has a great time. He's a great dog. Mm-hmm. But there's this time in a puppy's life when they are like children, kind of. And, and they know, like right now, Remy, who's our baby German wire hair pointer, um, where they know what you're saying. Like Remy doesn't really know yet not to sleep, not to piss on the floor. No. You can tell by his demeanor. He's just doing what he thinks is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he's living he's like, his best life. <laughs> if he wakes up from a, min- a nap and we don't really notice, uh, he's going to pee on the floor. And it's part of the game. But there becomes a time There comes a time where they know what you're saying. And they will just do whatever they want anyways. Like Dutch would run off. I'd be like, hey, get over here. Dutch, and I would yell at him louder. But I'm not going to do that to save everybody's ears. <laughs> and he would look at me and he would look at what he was doing look at me and be like nah fuck it and just run off oh my god he would piss that was that was the one thing that like if a dog will do anything to really get me like real pissed off Mm -hmm. is run away from me when i'm trying to get him Mm. i'm like dude we gotta go and then my girlfriend lost him in the green belt one time oh i was she didn't know like she didn't know he and i go down there all the time he just ran around and i just trusted him it's like he'll, he'll come back but you can't leave. No. <laughs> she, so she left? So she went up. No, she just went up to the t- to the trailhead and called me. And she called me. And then I, I got down there and we, we found him. But he was just running around. He, we, he, just, he was like, fine. Tr- he just trotted up to us like, what's yeah. up, guys? I've been on an adventure. And I'm like, where oh. the hell have you been? But you get scared because there's snakes. And oh, you could have yeah. also gotten in someone's yard or something like that and not gotten out. It was just interesting. It was funny. But it's, yeah. it's a, I feel like it's actually easier now that it's going to be in six months. Because mm-hmm. then they become terrorists and they start tear- tearing things up and. You got to be mean to them. I have to be mean to them. Yeah, I'm not, not good fun. at being mean. I'm, shun I'm snuggle mommy. Shun. shun. Unshun. <laughs> it's going to like dig holes in the backyard. It's going to be a mess, but it's exciting. Oh, it's we been have to, so We have fun. to redo the backyard anyways. I know. So he's just doing things. Uh, he's just digging stuff up that needs to get, yeah. get, get, get dug up anyways. But he's laying it. Do you notice that he'll, he'll dig a hole and then lay in it? He has? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen Pretty that. Funny. That's really cute. Well, it has been quite the week for us for sure. Yeah. It's a good time. If you haven't ever had a puppy before, it's important. It's an important part of life. Yeah. They are cute little bastards. So sweet. Um, But yeah, we we got a puppy. We had our retreat. Yeah, a little weekend retreat in the mountains. We launched OK Babe. That was its own little brand of a shit show. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Everybody, I just want to say, because I think most people that were on that retreat are listening to this show. You guys fucking rock. <laughs> so we had a deal where we planned this thing out six months in advance. We had a handful of people. We're going to have this magical experience in the mountains. We have a great Airbnb. And then all of a sudden it just dumps snow. Like 24 inches in 24 hours. It was crazy. So they shut down the highway. We couldn't get in. We tried to like, I felt bad because for the people in my car, cause I had the car. So we put, took both of our cars and I had, and I was like, 
I, I knew I could make it. I was down to go. It was a way for me to lie to the cops and get through somewhere. Cause all we had to do was get through this one checkpoint mm-hmm. and we could make it. But I also knew that you were going to have a goddamn panic attack if we had to take the switchbacks up the mountain with a bunch of snow. Cause that was, open. Well, it was my first preface with, with <laughs> this was my first time ever driving in real snow by myself. You're yeah. always the one to drive. us. So we had to end up coming back to our house and then having a gigantic sleepover at our house, which, which turned not, out not, to be so it fun. It was super fun. And everybody handled themselves like, like champs. And that's yeah. one thing that's really cool about doing retreats that with our people really is mm-hmm. because everybody, you know, things happen. It's not, our, I didn't, I can't control the weather. Okay. Yeah. I'm not Thor <laughs> all the, all, all the time. Thor in the bedroom, but not, yeah. not when it comes to actual weather patterns, but, um, I can't control its weather. So it's like, it, it shit happens, but everybody handled themselves so well. We ended up having a really great time, mm-hmm. really yeah. great time. It I got to walk on fun. a frozen lake. It was cool. Yeah. No, everything turned out great. Uh, and then we launched this show, which has been amazing. We're so grateful for everyone that's listening and sending so many incredible reviews. You guys are very nice. Yeah. And if you haven't left a review yet, what the fuck is your problem? Jeez. Go leave a review right but for now. Real, we have so many things. We created a special playlist just for our listeners. We have our top 10 book list. I have a bunch of eBooks actually that I've created um, a lot around uh, chronic illness and autoimmune disease. So if those are things that you want to learn more about um, yeah. that you need support with birth control, non-toxic products, I've got you covered. So we have lots of amazing things. Connor, also has a mushroom playlist. He's yeah, that's just out. for me though. You have to send the reviews to me to get the mushroom playlist. Yeah, that's, that's a super, that's a super exclusive item. Um, but yeah, we're super grateful and, and just having a lot of fun doing yeah. this. The mushroom playlist is the bomb. Mm-hmm. You're very good. It's ever evolving too. It yeah. changes every time. Yeah. Every time I decide to go in, go into the astrals, just float off into the ethers mm-hmm. and find my own truth. Yes. Find the divinity within myself. <laughs> I, uh, I changed the playlist up. So it's, it's going to keep moving and grooving. I like it. So, so uh, do you want to tell everyone while we're he- why we're here today? Um, to do a podcast? Yeah. What are we talking about? Oh, your bisexuality? Yeah, so Kelly didn't even tell me she was bisexual and they just did this podcast. Shut up. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. I had to call my parents. And ha- I had to call my pastor. <laughs> um, I had to go to confession. I didn't know how to handle it. So uh, with some guidance from the Lord um, and a lot of a lot of prayer, I... Uh, <laughs> I've been able to accept you for who you are um, with the Lord's grace. Praise be to he. <laughs> oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, well, you know, he, oh. died, for, he died for our sins, so I got to check in with him every now and then. Oh, uh, that is... Uh, Ella Christians out there just turned this your off. Your poor mom. Your mom texted us the other day <laughs> quoting the show, and I was like, oh no, Robin, you really stop talk listening. About, did you really talk about licking buttholes? <laughs> That was so funny. Well, because the thing oh. is, she listens to my show and she she learns a lot. And she and I have our own conversations about things that come up for her, questions. And she told me when we first started dating, she's like, yeah, I can't really listen to Connor's show anymore. It's a little much for me, but I really love yours. I'm like, okay. And now she's listening to us together, which is terrifying. But you got my mom. My mom's the type of person. Like, You got her a vibrator for her for Christmas. I got her a womanizer. Yeah, a womanizer for because Christmas. Because I love her vagina. Oh, my dude, don't be weird like that. Because you're bisexual. You can't say shit like so, that now. Stop. That's gross. Weird. You're Anyways, the worst. Just be just be courteous of my mom's private parts. I'm here for it. I understand. I'm here for her having a great time, a great sexual experience. Your too. face when she opened that thing. I was that. It was so it funny. Was the best. It was so funny. She's wild. She's my mom's amazing. wild. So it's like her. it's funny. She I think she does think it's funny. Oh yeah. And it's also our, her little escape because her life is so conservative. Mm-hmm. I've got my mom on the Bernie Sanders train too, which is really funny. Yeah. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. She's like Trump's gonna win, but then she's like, I love Bernie. 
It's really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Trumpers out there. Anyways, uh, so we're talking about your bisexuality. So now that you're uh, out in the world, you're on that rainbow flag, on that rainbow flag life. How's it feel? It feels good. You're here and you're queer and you're proud of it. Wow. <laughs> I guess I don't really think of it like that, but I don't know. I guess I'm not really into labels and it being a whole thing. I, I think it was the best label that you could find. Yeah. It wasn't like another... Well, it was like, I'm fluid or I don't know, I'm bi-curious or I'm not really sure what any of them really mean at the end of the day anyway. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, I like boys and girls and I've now been with both men and women. So I think that it makes sense to I say I'm bisexual. A girl and I, I liked it. Um, <laughs> no, it feels good. We were talking a little bit yesterday about what it was like for me kind of behind the scenes and you and I, and it was interesting because I waited until the 11th hour to tell my brother and he was absolutely incredible and so supportive. And I was like crying and had so much anxiety around that experience that actually gave me more anxiety than any, any part of this, to be honest. And, um, he was so sweet and just really funny and kind of vulgar in his I own I can't way. imagine that your brother would have had any kind of issue with it. I, d I know. And that's, he said that to me, but I was just, I don't know. It was just my own thing of, I, they know me as this person. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, by the way, there's this huge change in my life. And so that was a huge load off. And then the day of my episode coming out, it was really overwhelming and so kind and people said such incredible things and I felt really, really supported and really seen. And the thing that I didn't anticipate is that so many women came out to me for the first time. They've never told anyone. And some of these women are married for 15 years, have multiple kids, um, have had these desires for a long time and they've never felt safe enough to tell somebody before. And I was blown away. I just didn't expect that. Yeah. It was interesting hearing you read some of the feet, some of the responses you got were pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. Pretty powerful. Well, out there. we were talking about one that yeah, this, this, I wanted to get into this yeah. too. Yeah. So, Go ahead. okay. So, um, this woman had told her boyfriend, right? So her boyfriend that she had had these desires and he did not respond, um, in a desirable way. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of desires, but. I think he's, what did he say? You should have had this figured out already, mm -hmm. which is kind of a, that's, that's mean, not a very nice thing to say to somebody, yeah. especially when always, they're grappling with something really serious. Yeah. And like, where did she have ever have the opportunity to discover this for herself? You know, I think I always look back and think about like growing up in, in Graham, Texas, right. And you just fall out of a person there and you're a Republican and you're straight and you're a Christian until proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the story. And I, I always thought how much different life would be if at an appropriate age, say 15, right? You, you're a sophomore in high school. You get like, you have a class where you're just exploring like different sex, like different possibilities for who you can identify as going forward. Let's call it a pronoun class. It's like, well, you can be this, 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 you can be Buddhist, Christian, Taoist, uh, Hindu. Like there's, here's all the things, right? And here's different, the different sex of Christianity. Here's the different sex of Buddhism. And here's, you know, the different identities that you can have sexually and, and, and how to go about that, exploring that in a respectful way. And I mean, that's, that's a pipe dream that would, I don't think that'll ever happen, right. but what, what would life be like if that was, which I think that's the way I'll probably raise my kids mm -hmm. uh, and probably piss off other people's parents by sharing the stuff <laughs> with my kids' <laughs> friends. But, uh, but no, I think 
how much different would life be if you had the opportunity younger to figure that out? And some people do, mm-hmm. right? Some people have that. If you grew up in New York or, or LA a lot of times, like you're, it's your almost like your parents want you to be just so you can be special. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, in this situation when saying something like you should have had this figured out already is really unfair. Well, and his big fear is that she's going to leave him for a woman. And I would love to talk about that. And You know, I think for you coming from the open relationship community, knowing a lot of women who are bisexual, being in that space where relationships didn't have to fit the certain mold, your ability to see what's possible is so much bigger than a lot of people's. And so when this came up for us, I think we talked about it early on where you were like, yeah, you could totally leave me for a woman. That's like a a real fear, but I also can't worry about it. But in this situation, she could also leave him for a man. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, but I guess it is different with a woman because he's like, there's something that he can't give, give to her yeah. in that situation. If she wanted that full time. Right. So I think from your perspective, as this has um, become a part of our relationship, how have you worked with that and not had that become a thing? It never was a thing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it doesn't change anything. You could leave me for a dude. Mm-hmm. Or a woman, or it's like anybody who it seems like would be a better fit in your mind for whatever you have going on. Mm-hmm. I could do the same thing. I don't right. understand why that's. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't. Have I don't that. think all of a sudden if I started liking guys, sometimes I don't think that would increase the odds of me bailing for someone else. I just don't. It just that just yeah. seems like it doesn't. That just doesn't. On the face, it holds water. Like it has. It has some logical thought behind it. I get it. It's definitely insecurity driven clearly, but it just doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up to any kind of, uh, invest. Like if you live something like an examined life, right? If you're looking at your thoughts and your insecurities and where they're coming from and why, if you just do that a little bit, that, that belief or that, that idea, that insecurity to me gets dissolved pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you don't have that kind of practice and you're going to let that, that feeling coming up, run you. And that's, that's, I think what's going on, but it'll just take time. I mean, it's a, it's a time thing. Cause this is, you're throwing a curveball, And that's the thing too. We talk about this all the time. If you've been, a, you've been in a relationship for a long time and you even want to speak out some kind of sexual desire in some different way. And you haven't done that before. And you've been in a relationship for a while. You're, you're kind of throwing the curveball to somebody. And regardless of how you do it, sometimes you're going to catch somebody off guard. Yeah. You know, and it's I've, not like she hit him up and was like, let's do some butt stuff. It was like, Oh, Hey, I like, I like something that you can't even ever provide. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and also maybe I want you involved. It's not like, I don't think she went to him and said, I want to be with women by myself. I don't want you to be a part of this. I think it was a it, trying to just say, hi, I think I have this interest. Uh-huh. And, you know, usually from what I understand, those kinds of things turn into having threesomes with your boyfriend or your husband. And mm-hmm. then it kind of, you navigate it from there, which is really how we've taken it. But I think that, as humans in this experience, we immediately take it to this place where it doesn't need to go. Right. I had a full on panic attack multiple times, actually thinking like, Oh my God, what if I go full into being a lesbian and I don't want to be with Connor anymore. And then my whole life blows up and I've lost everything. And that doesn't need to happen. Well, it doesn't even, that's not even, that doesn't even make sense. No, but that's where I think our anxiety and our ego drives us into this scenario that hasn't happened. And we convince ourselves we have to be so scared of this thing when in reality, all we have to do is just sit in the feeling we have, allow ourselves as you've taught me to feel what we want to feel 
and not judge it and just enjoy the pleasure of where it is right now. It doesn't have to be anything else. Yeah. But even if, even to, if it went to that degree and you're like, you know what? I've realized that I'm a lesbian, right? I'm full on. Don't even like dicks anymore. Fuck dicks. Uh, or don't, don't, don't fuck, fuck dicks. dicks. <laughs> um, but, uh, I could definitely be hurt, but I don't think I could be upset about that. Right. It's okay. Right. Like that's good for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the underlying tone mm-hmm. on top of some like disappointment, I guess, but it wouldn't be, I don't think there'd be a lot of fuck you for lying to me type of vibe. Right. That's not really, I don't think that really helps anybody do anything. Like, what good does that do for you to feel that way? Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. It's interesting. I want to go back to when this first came up for us because, you know, I've had my show now and you haven't really been able to share your perspective. Um, but I think that the way this came up was kind of funny in a lot of ways because I had brought this up to you before you ever told me your own desires and what you wanted And I had said it, I had said something like, I'm over men. I'm just going to go be with women. Yeah. And that was like the first clue for you that, oh. We just started talking. Like we were just giving, yeah. So what was that like when I started bringing things up? What do you mean? When I started talking about women and like. When did you start talking about women? I don't really remember where it came up. It was like a, it was a, it was a gradual process. Yeah. It was like little droplings here and there. Well, you got, the thing was you got mad, you kept getting mad at me for shit. And some of it was valid. Some of it I was like, what are you upset about? Because mm-hmm. it didn't, it just wasn't. Your reaction, in my view, was disproportionate to the, to the, um, to what had happened, to what I'd said. But it was always about other women. And I didn't really get it. I was like, what the fuck is the problem? But I also, you know, for me coming into this thing, I had felt so broken for my, my, desires outside of my relationships or not being able to express myself in relationships is what led me to feeling broken enough to start to look at alternative views of how relationships can go down. So that's what got me into reading sex at dawn and all the Esther Perel stuff and the ethical slut and all these different books, right? There, were, there it was, it was my deep dive coming out of a really healthy ish relationship or a relationship with a healthy person and feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm not okay. Like uh, this is, I, it was just like lingering Christian shame probably. And over the next few years decided, all right, I need to, I really do just need to be with a woman who's into women at this point. Cause I had expressed myself fully a lot of times. I was like, this, this just feels better. I dated people who, who were into women casually and it always just felt better. It felt Why like we, though? it felt like we, it made me feel right. And I think this is important in relationships. Like my experience of that was that I didn't feel, um, it's like we shared something it was a bonding experience because we shared something, a desire, right? We had this overlap on the Venn diagram of desires. We had this overlap to where I didn't feel like that it was, I didn't feel that my thoughts or what I said, and I always would just say stuff that would get piss people off. And I don't really keep much to myself. That's kind of what I do. It's my thing. And it's a fucking annoying to even to myself sometimes, but um, I would, you know, trigger people. And I was, my thought was if I can, be with someone that I can share that with, or at least have that dialogue with, then it takes something that is a problem, a huge problem and a huge source of shame and, and leverages it to actually be something we can bond over. Mm -hmm. And that to me felt like a much healthier place to be and knowing and doing the research and realizing that there were a lot of women that were actually into women. Um, and like a majority, honestly, if you look at the, if you look at the data, so it was, it just came, got clear to me that I was like, you can have this, this can be, the part of your, this can be a part of your relationship. It's not that, and it's not even that hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that hard to find somebody who's into this stuff. So 
it, it was more about being able to communicate that and doing some practice runs and dating before. Um, so whenever it started happening for us, I wasn't, I had experienced it. I had had enough practice with it, but not in a committed, a really committed relationship. So it was, there was a lot more at stake mm -hmm. and it felt like there was a lot more at stake. And also you, you know, coming into our relationship, you were processing so much shit. You changed so much and doing all this different work in my opinion, probably a little bit too much work, um, to where you, it was confusing. It was like a confusing time for you. I could tell. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was pretty straight up with what I was doing. Like my life was moving in the right direction. I was, I was working my ass off. I was getting busy. Uh, the podcast was doing well, like things were happening for me. So I wasn't really in, um, a phase of self-discovery or anything like that. I was just doing my work. Mm -hmm. And I, I had kind of come through that in, a, in that phase of my life and was kind of entering a different type. If I was doing any kind of self-discovery, it wasn't a different, it was a different flavor. Um, so for me, it was really interesting to, to watch it all happen and be there for it. But it was, it was nice for me to see because our whole relationship was a surprise, but also very much what I had wanted in my life. Right. So it wasn't that big of a of a shocker to me that it was working out. But I also just kind of knew, like you could just kind of tell because you got so triggered by it. I was like, if you're this triggered by this, there's something that you're, this has more to do with you than me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely, I've done some things that were disrespectful or, or not nice, but some of the stuff I was like, this isn't that big of a deal. Why are you so fucking upset about this? Mm -hmm. And then coming to find out, it's like, you were just, you were projecting onto me the feelings you had about yourself and your own desires. And that made sense. But I also wasn't mad about that. I was just, Okay. Now what? Well, and I think everything happened so fast. Like it's only been six months of us really doing this and really talking about it and really getting into it. And that's, it's a lot in a short time period to, and while I'm also working through a lot of other things and going through somatic therapy and we had just done ayahuasca and I had done ayahuasca twice last year. Um, and I think that I was just, I was so overloaded with different emotions and being open to new experiences and calling myself on my shit and realizing what's social programming and what's or societal programming and what's what I really want and how do I allow myself to feel this thing, but let go of the old stuff and the voice in my head that tells me I'm disgusting. And <laughs> there was just so much happening. And my biggest fear is that it was going to mess us up and it was going to ruin our relationship. And I definitely get insecure when you bring certain things up. And to your point just a minute ago, I think oftentimes it's because you are willing to express things and the desires you have that I have that I can't express. But you can. And I can, but I choose not to because it's really scary. And so then I get mad at you for saying the thing that I won't say. Yeah. And I think that is a big part of our communication is me when you say something and it triggers me really asking myself, why is this upsetting me right now? And 99% of the time it's because it's something that I want to speak to or something that I feel that I'm really scared of. And sometimes it is because you're saying something that is not, not okay. And I tell you that, but for the most part, it's really comes back to me. Yeah. And I think that has been really interesting to dive into insecurities in this whole process, because in order to have the relationship that you and I do to have this openness to experience that you always talk about and that you've really infused into my life, which I'm so grateful for, you have to be open and you have to be transparent. And I said this in my solo, it's like all of our stuff is on the table. Like there's nothing that's not, we, mm -hmm. we tell each other pretty much everything aside from like things here and there. 
And so when it's all out there like that, you really see the other person. You really make yourself vulnerable in ways you probably never have in order to have the ability to explore, in order to have the freedom to do what you want. And I think that in both of us being open to what this is, we have both been able to experience our own freedom and mm-hmm. our own ability to express ourselves. And there are things that you want to do that really get you excited that you have the freedom to do now because there's a level of trust we've created. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about um, when I kind of like sent you off to like go bring someone back for us. And I that's mean, it super wasn't fun. that simple. No, but no, but like... <laughs> Well, you can tell everybody, but that's like just one example of like the freedom for us to kind of like play and have fun together, but in a way that we created a foundation of trust and transparency and there's never any line, there's never any hiding anything. And I think that that blossoms it outwards in a way where we can really have so much. Well, I think you're, that's really very well said and it has been about six months that we've been talking through this stuff, but I it seems like it's been taken in stride, Yeah, you know, and things have gotten, I would never say that things have gotten like over gotten to be too much. We haven't like overloaded it too much. There's been, there's been uh, definitely times where we we flirted with that, but I, I can't think of a time we put ourselves in a situation that was over the top. I think the only time it's been over the top is me spiraling in my own emotions Yeah, and that, and you feeling helpless. You don't do well in that. And so you're trying to help me, but you don't know what to say. And I'm freaking the fuck out about all these things and scenarios and insecurities. And that's that's the only time it's been too much. Yeah. But I'm saying we haven't put ourselves in, in a situation that was dangerous to our relationship. No. Um, but what you were alluding to earlier with us going out, it wasn't planned right. that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way that it went down, but to be in like pursuit of an experience like that with someone and only, you know, only if they're into it, mm-hmm. which we had, a, we had a pretty solid idea that that person was into it. It's someone that we trust and respect Yes. and know. Yeah. And that's really important for us at this point. Exactly. So the novelty of being able to be in like pursuit of an experience with another person Right. And I hesitate to call it like getting laid because it's not really doesn't feel like that. But it's different in a relationship. It's like this whole new thing. It's a whole new way of, of communicating it to somebody to because most people and actually on the show that I released uh, that's coming out tomorrow. So a week after this one, a week before this one, uh, I was talking with this girl, Savvy, right, who's younger and, and she's kind of dating this couple. And it was really nice for me to talk to her because it was the other person's perspective, right? So we're in our, we're the couple, right? And it was, it was getting the perspective of the other person of getting the vibe, but not really being sure. And they like would sit on the couch and they'd sit on both sides of her. And I was like, oh, I know that move. (laughs) 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 It was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's kind of what that means. But it was so funny to hear from the other person's side of the things. And it was really nice for me to like, just dig into that a little bit and Mm -hmm. ask those questions. Uh, but super, super funny. And, and being able to do that as the guy in the couple and, and having full permission to, to, to kind of pursue this thing from you, it was one of the most, it was the most fun. It was more fun than the actual experience of like hooking up with someone else, Mm -hmm. uh, itself. It was, it it was like a game. It was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. But I was so surprised that you were cool with that. It kind of it blew, threw me off big time. I mean, honestly, because I just ha- end up having I end up going in to have drinks with a friend of mine who is into this whole situation. Yeah. Um, but which was already planned, but I wasn't 
the plan wasn't to bring her home necessarily at yeah. the, originally. I mean, I think that Kelly schemed it out. Well, I think you and I were in such a good place that that we were, we were communicating well, we were having fun. We hadn't had sex in a bit because I had been really sick and you were sick and we were gone and like we were gone for your birthday weekend and we didn't sleep in the bed together at all. (laughs) And so we had come home and I think, you know, usually my, my kind of ground rules or boundaries around this is like you and I have to be having sex and connecting and feeling good alone and together before we open it up, which is our therapist told us that I've learned that listening to other people talk about this, you've talked about it. Like it's really important to have your core and your foundation good before you venture out. And for whatever reason, I was like, oh, well, we haven't had sex in like a week or so, but we had had so much fun and been so mm-hmm. connected. I just felt really good about it. I know this girl. I respect her. I know she respects me. Like we've gone to yoga together. We've like hung out. And so for me, I didn't really have to think about it. And I trust you. I know, Connor, that you are not going to go do something to betray me. I just know that. I know how you feel about me. I know how much you love me. And I think from day one, a lot of my fears have been around, oh, well, he's going to go see, find some girl. She's going to be hot and he's going to leave me for her. And what you have always said, and you even said this that night when you were bringing her home and you text me, you're like, babe, you are my dream girl. This is everything I've ever wanted. Like I fucking (laughs) love you so much. So I think because you reinforce that constantly and you remind me, you've said, because I I have even asked you, and we'll get into this in a minute, but I've asked you, well, why don't you want to go be with someone on your own? And you always bring it back to, well, this is everything I've ever wanted. Like I have you, I have this relationship, I have these different experiences, and this is amazing. Why am I going to go fuck it up? Like why am I just going to go leave and do something when I have what I've always wanted? Yeah. And so I think that that qualms my fears and it it just reinforces like, okay, we're good. And as long as like I have eye contact with you and we're in communication and we're respecting each other's boundaries, I'm good. Yeah. And to circle back around to the, uh, to the not having sex for a week thing, that wasn't because we were disconnected or whatever. That no, was, we that was purely sick. circumstantial. Yeah, you were sick and then I got sick and it was just, yeah, it was mm. a lot. And we were on the road and yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a really fun experience. It was. Yellowstone is dope. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting cause you brought, you brought up the like being with girls alone thing, which is something we haven't Discuss and not something that I'm I'm pushing for necessarily, but it was also it was it was one of those things that was really funny where you were getting into me about that, and I was like, "Are you trying to get me to say that I don't think about it? Because that would be bullshit, right? Like, every we're all human beings here. I'm not trying to pretend like that's not a thought that crosses my mind. I'm a fucking human being, and also I think that this the whole thing in relationships or life in general. It's just a game of sacrifices. And I think the analogy I used was it's like, there's a tug of war inside of your mind about what to do and what's more important. And it's maybe it's like being in this relationship or sleeping with a, a variety of women on a regular basis. And there's just like a tug of war going on between those two. And it's like, well, which side do you want to pull on harder? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the game of sacrifices. Like to be in a relationship is inherently full of sacrifices to do what we do for a living is full of sacrifices mm-hmm. to pick up and move to Denver is full of like, it, but it's, do you get, do you have the awareness of yourself to choose the sacrifices that make the most sense for you and are aligned with who you want to be in the world? And that's just, that's the way that I kind of view the thing. I think being able to choose your sacrifices is one of the best gifts that we have in our lives. So to be able to, to do that in a, in a constructive way is really important. So it's not like, it's not like I'm sitting here pandering to you and saying like, Oh no, I've never thought of it. It's never crossed my mind. 
No, of course, <laughs> of course it's crossed my mind. Like, well, fuck? I mean, I've been alone the- with women and so it's crossed my mind clearly. Yeah, I understand. And that, that. is obviously different because we have boundaries around like you're not alone with women and I'm not alone with men. And that's, that's like, that's great. And that's how we dictate how this goes. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that for us, it's really about creating different experiences that we can have together. And you talk so much about novelty and this is such a novel thing that you get to do with the person that you love the most. How incredible is that for you guys to like be able to explore together? And I think that it's really important for me. And we've talked about this a little bit to understand that a lot of this experience has been, you can't touch me the way a woman can. I'm triggered. And I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that really resonated with you. And actually, I'm just going to explain the scenario when that came up because I think it was really interesting as we were we were with our friend and we were kind of talking to her about our experience when she was here and like what was going on and how we navigate it and I said this and I was like, "Oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I'd never verbalized that before." And I just said, "For me, it's it's being held and touched by a woman in ways that fill my cup so much and even not in sexual ways, but just really being acknowledged by another woman in such a beautiful way without judgment and just being feeling really held and accepted and loved. And I think so many women really desire that feeling. And many of us are bullied and treated like shit by other women for so much of our lives to be able to have that experience is so profound. And I feel like that idea really resonated with you where you, I I saw like this light switch turn on when I said it and you were like, Oh, like I get that. And it wasn't for you about feeling insecure. Like, Oh, well I can't give that to Kelly. So here we are. It was like, Oh wow. This experience that we get to have together, which is super fun and playful and exciting feeds this like really deep need that she has. It's beyond and bigger than what we're just doing in this experience. Yeah. Well, I think the, uh, what you saw was me just being excited that you came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a surprise mm-hmm. to me necessarily, but mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's, that's the way you said it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that you have that. And even after the last experience you were like, Oh, I didn't know how much I needed that. And I was like, yeah, great. Well, cause I think it's kind of <laughs> like once you have it, you can't go back. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, once you once you do something you enjoy, it's hard. You can't really. Yeah, and and because because I have your support, because you're there with me most of the time, because it's like this is ours. It's really freeing to have this and to know that I can express this part of myself. And now that I have had this experience with other women, it's like it fills up this part of me that I didn't know was empty. Mm-hmm. And I said this on, on my show, but I, I want to repeat it because I think that it's so important. And I learned this from our therapists, um, our somatic therapists. And I was talking to Heike and she said, for you, this experience is really about acknowledging your own feminine and seeing yourself because we're all mirrors for each other. And when it comes to women, there's so much insecurity and so much competition of feeling like, oh, she has this thing, she's better than me, she's prettier than me. And when you really turn that around and you're with another woman and you allow her to be your mirror in acknowledging her and her beauty and her sexuality, you're actually acknowledging yourself. And so this whole thing has really been about seeing myself through other people and being 
uh, open and exploring from that place and knowing that whatever it is that I see in her, whatever it is that I love about her or have fun with her, I get to see that in myself. And how incredible is that to open up and see yourself in such a different way and accept someone else so fully, which means that you're really just accepting yourself and having you in that and watching you experience pleasure and watching you have fun. And I know that like, this is such a novel thing and you, I know what you like to see. And I, I know how good it feels for you too. It's this amazing connection that's created that we hadn't had before. And I just, when I think of it in that way, it takes a lot of pressure off for me Yeah, because sex is really a spiritual experience for me. And I really see it that way so often. And it really helps me come back to myself and come home to my body. And so being in that scenario with you where it's very unknown, so there has to be a lot of communication and trust and connection, it makes it even more spiritual in a lot of ways. And it really makes it so beautiful for me. And to have that like feminine touch, because when you and I are together, it's, I would say it's a lot, um, I wouldn't say rough. I don't like rough sex, but, uh, a lot more masculine. It's sometimes rough. Yeah. It's sometimes rough, but like the way you are with me, you're very masculine and you know, take control and do all these things. So the, the balance of having you in that, and then the feminine touch for me, it's just like, holy shit, this is so incredible. And I think for you being kind of, uh, wrapped in that feminine, is amazing because that really feeds your needs and your desires. So it's interesting. I've never, we've never talked about this before. I've really just never thought about it this way, but I feel like on such a deep level, we're both being fed where we need. And then also we come back together afterwards and we're like, wow, I see you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. feels good. Yeah, it does. I think, you know, one thing that we wanted to cover on this show that is interesting in, in being coming from this um, open relationship community and, and being really involved. And not that I was ever in a truly open relationship, but I was just around it a lot, mm-hmm. around the philosophy of it a lot. And I think one thing, the, the way this trend is going uh, is is that it's kind of how what I, the, the stake that I put in the ground was looking at this relationship thing and, and kind of throwing the rules out the window for the most part and then realizing which rules you actually wanted to maintain in the relationship. Like what, what, what foundation did you want to build it on? But it's not committed to monogamy. It's not commitment to polyamory. It's not commitment to open relationships or, or whatever it is. It's to me, a commitment to developing the relationship that you want with your partner and accepting the flexibility and and the evolution of that in whichever direction it may or may not go. And this whole thing has ebbs and flows and timing is a big part of it. And, and knowing when things, when it's a great time to explore, when it's a great time to to keep it inward uh, and work on what you're, what you're, what you've got going on. Because I think a lot of times uh, the big fault here is when you start to open possibilities up, it can start to take more energy out of the relationship. And that's something you have to be very conscious of is when is it a good time? When you need a good place to explore and when you need to be investing back into the relationship. And it's this kind of, balance. And I feel that people hear something like this or people talk about something like this and having heard, you know, lots of responses in different, different worlds that I've been in where, you know, working on the, on the podcast for a open relationship advocate, that's probably one of the best known in the world at this point, um, getting to see what people think and what, where they jump right to this conclusion of like, Oh, it's a goddamn free for all. 
all the time. And there's this, for whatever reason, people think when you do commit to doing something a little different, that becomes your full-time job is just doing that thing. And I think it's, it's safer for people to see it that way. And like, Oh, these people are just chasing broads all the time. That's what they're doing, which is by no means the case. Not and that's not, how it, that's not <laughs> how it goes. But it, I think it's, it's safer for people who are scared of something like that to envision it as some kind of, uh, some kind of crazy wild, um, orgy laden experience, yeah. which is so much, so far from the truth. Like this, I mean, I guess you can get that if you're like constantly going to sex parties and stuff, but that's not people, where we are. People do that. But even yeah. Jonathan and Heike yeah. who have, who go to these play parties, what they call them. Like they still have, and they've been doing this for a long time and are, and are very uh, connected and communicate on the level to where they're teaching other people how to communicate. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what they do. And that's our somatic therapist. They still have to deal with this. They they still have to work with the ebbs and flows. Yeah, they still have when, jealousy and fights. Yeah, and when, like, when going to a party is okay. not the move, uh-huh. and you need to invest in each other. And sometimes you're not on the same page about that. It, it brings up a lot a lot of stuff. And I think one thing we we wanted to get into here on on the kind of riding the coattails of that situation is is timing and not. Like, I get to I get the 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 gift of bringing up other women to you sometimes, which mm-hmm. is really. Uh, amazing. And I'm super grateful to have that, but I've also got to know when and how and who, and I can't just pop off and say shit, uh, willy nilly without having thought out, well, what am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Right. Or where are you at? Or where, how are you feeling? Where's your mental emotional state before I throw that in there? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that sometimes causes some friction because you think that I'm not sharing my desires with you. But really, on my end, I'm like, I'm not sharing something with you that would not be helpful for our, for our relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I only would like to move the relationship forward yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Every now and then, you've got to, like, say a thing where it, it causes a standstill or maybe a little bit of regression and kind of rebuilding. But I, my, my preferred way to go about this is be very well thought out and say things that I know we're going to not – they're going they trigger insecurities. It's insecurities that are being triggered in – the direction of growth, not in the direction of causing a fucking shitstorm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's frustrating for me sometimes. I'm like, I can't share everything fucking desire that I have with you. That would be overwhelming, first of all, because I'm a dude and we're all kind of pervs. And so it's like you don't want you don't want full access. You, you don't want full access to what's going on inside this dome, yeah. right? That's just I had full access on New Year's Eve, and that was a lot for me to handle. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was funny. <sighs> Yeah, there you go. See, it's good. It was too much. <laughs> what if I was like that all the time? No. And then you get frustrated with me for not sharing my desires, and I'm like, well. No, I can't. You're you right. That choose. was a good reminder for me right now. <laughs> Stop asking, Kelly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's important to, like, yours don't really trigger me at all. Yeah. Right? So you can say whatever the fuck you need to say. It's just a different. Yeah, but a, if I brought up desires about men, you would. It, exactly. But yeah. I'm saying the direction that so we're going. So I keep those and, to myself. Exactly. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that doesn't bother me. It's fine. Yeah. Because you know what's happening. I think that, that, and who was I talking to about this? This conversation has brought up people asking questions and, and it was, um, it was about desires. And I like, dude, the first thing to start with in this is just accepting that your partner's fantasy time by themselves is their own. And that's whatever they want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Don't, you don't need to know unless you want to know if you're into that kind of thing, but you don't need to. And that's a, that's a great place to start. Just like enough freedom to have your own fantasies without any judgment and, and, and having a conversation about that. And knowing that you thinking about other women and me thinking about other men or other women 
doesn't mean anything about you. No. So what I have realized it means that we're in a relationship and you're, you can get you need you, you, you get bored with me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess, no, yeah, but it's like having different things, having different yeah. experiences, having different ideas and desires. It, uh, what we always do is always make it about ourselves. And if you're having this feeling or, or desire, it means something bad about me. I didn't do well enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. I don't give you enough sex, whatever that looks like. And I tend to do that because I have a very anxious attachment. So I constantly am like trying to attach to you and it has to be all about me. And if it's not all about me, then he's not going to be with me and he's going to leave me. And really letting you have the space to have your desires, to have your feelings, you actually want to be with me more. The more anxious I am, the more you push me away. And so I think that creating the space for the other person to have that for themselves, having other friends, having going out by themselves, having their own personal time to masturbate and like have their own desires. That's one of the best things you can do for each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. so important. And it's a display of trust too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you were going somewhere and then we cut it off. No, that's where I was going. Oh. I don't ever know where I'm going. Well, I think insecurities are a huge aspect of this. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's where you were going. Yeah. I was, so I was talking about bringing stuff up and yeah, no, I think that I got, I got all of that I needed to say, but it's just knowing when it's productive and when it's not Mm -hmm. right. It's well, you, we early on in our relationship, we had quite a few moments where I felt like you were being very disrespectful and you acknowledge that. And you've kind of tempered the things that you say and realize that some things are just not, not okay to say. And you have other friends that you can share those things with and talk to Lindsay about, and that's fine. That being said, you would get upset if I was like, uh, Jennifer Aniston looks great for 50. You'd be like, I'm triggered now. Well, because you would just talk about other women. You were constantly talking about other women. So even, so you're a very observant person and you just like have no filter and you just like say all the things that you think you could say a man is attractive. Obviously that's not going to trigger me. You don't, you don't care. You don't put that on your tally board, but you're constantly making comments like that. And so that was really hard and we had just started dating. So I don't know this about you. It's really hard for me to like comprehend that. Um, and That's so kind of how my mind works though. I walk around, I'm like, Oh, yeah. that guy has, per- that guy has cool shoes, puppy boobs. Like yeah. you just, I'm just all over the place. Yeah. And so now that I know that it's better, but I think because we had those conversations early now in this little circle of trust, we have in order to the have these tree. experiences. Yeah. You are a lot more thoughtful and respectful with the words that you choose to use with me. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that very much. And I think we have both gotten more of what we want because of it. Because I'm not constantly being pushed into your brain of thoughts and My things, brain of thoughts. Yeah, and things that like may bother me that I just don't need to hear. Uh-huh. And because of that, I'm like, when you do bring something up, I know that it carries weight. I know that it's important and I'm here for it. And I think that's why I've been more accepting and, and chill with it. Yeah, I like it. But I've also had to work a lot on my own being, being safe, feeling safe in my own body, being present with what's happening for me and knowing that if something does trigger me to lean into it and just at least invest and at least investigate it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that if it triggers you, it's like a good thing. Always, right. No, but, but it's, it's worth, it's worth, it's worth investigation. Yeah. And it's okay to get triggered. It's okay to be insecure. We're all human. You're insecure about other things. We, our insecurities are on 
definitely very different spectrums often, but I think that's one of the most beautiful things is that we get to really teach each other and learn a lot about our experiences. And every time we get triggered by something, we have a conversation about it and we share what's coming up and then we can move through it in order to continue to have the life that we want. Yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap this thing up. How are you feeling about it? I feel pretty good. Well, here we are. Let's talk about Soul Fire real quick Let's to close this thing out. Soul Fire Productions Co. Producing your podcast and making you famous. <laughs> 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 no, but Soul Fire has been kicking off. I've had a, so yeah. one of the, 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 my most fun experiences in Soul Fire is working with people that have podcasts and have been doing podcasts for a while and helping them, giving them constructive feedback, mm -hmm. listening to their show with a really critical mind. And that's how I, I remind people when I jump on these coaching calls, essentially, or these creative calls, that I'm listening to your podcast with every intention to be very, very critical with you um, for the sake of giving honest feedback. And people have been so gracious mm -hmm. and really excited to, to have those conversations and giving themselves feedback and, and getting some kind of direction and, and then just freshening up the show so it sounds nice and smooth. Maybe they'll get a soundboard one day so they can- We're talking about eating pussy? Play with it a little bit. People <laughs> want help. Like yeah. people want help. People want coaching. And I think that's where we are. And you've been coaching people for mm -hmm. so long in personal development. And now you're just taking all of these amazing abilities from coaching CrossFit yeah. to personal development to now really honing in and creative direction for our clients to make their show amazing. And I love, I love listening to you on the phone with them because you really do infuse so much of what you do with your clients already into working <laughs> with these shows, because it's really a holistic approach that we take to helping people broaden uh, their idea of what the show can be, mm -hmm. be open to changing, whether it's music, you're open, where you put your ads, the conversations you're having, the artwork you have mm -hmm. to make it better. And so I love the way you infuse that. And I think for us, the community aspect of this is so important. And we're really bringing together really impactful voices in this space and giving them a platform and more resources so they can be successful. And that's why we started this. We didn't have the help we needed and we really yeah. wanted people to feel comfortable and confident reaching out, asking for support and knowing that they always had a team that has their back. Yep. It's rad community it is. production. Yep. Really high level artwork. It's going to be awesome. It is. It, so it, we, it already is awesome. It it's, is it's awesome. Getting, it's getting better by the day. We already, we filled, um, we were at the max capacity for quarter one, which was really cool. We met that goal. So we're bringing on new shows starting in March. So, so check it out. Soulfireproductionsco.com. Yeah. If you guys want in, we are accepting applications and we would love to chat with you. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for hanging out. This has been a, uh, this has been a fun one. Yeah. Thanks you guys. How do you feel about it? I feel good. Make sure to leave a review. And if you shoot us a screenshot of your review, we will, uh, send you some cool shit. Yeah. Playlists and PDFs and whatever you really, whatever you want. Yeah. As far as that goes, we got all kinds of cool shit. <laughs> um, love you, babe. Love you, baby. See y'all later. This show is brought to you by soul fire productions. <laughs>